Hello and welcome to MLW Confusion. I'm your host Rob Cameron, bringing you all that you may or may not need to know about Major League Wrestling and its television programming. This week we're going to take a look at MLW Fusion 144, big main event, the Apocalypto is upon us, Jacob Fatu taking on the Tijuana Gremlin, Bastia, Sace, Sace, Sace. But first, some news coming out of Kings of Coliseum. It looks like we got some big things coming out of Kings of Coliseum, which will be tomorrow night, at least at the time of this recording, uh, May 13th, 2022, at the 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We have singles match debut taking on Mini Abismo Negro. The Blue Meanie is coming back to Philly. Uh, what he's doing, I don't know, but there's going to be a whole lot of shaking going on. Meanwhile, poor, poor Bud Heavy gets uh, gets to take on some fanging and banging gangrel. And the Featherweights got some more Featherweight action with the returning Brittany Blake taking on Zoe Sky. And last but not least, possibly the most interesting, is the new Samoan SWAT team. Uh, Jacob Fatu, Juicy Finau, and Lance Anawai making his return to MLW, taking on the masked goon squad of Sace R. Duran. Uh, Uno and Cinco, I believe, is written down, um, but I can't tell them apart because they're all wearing the same mask and same approximate getup. Uh, so what this match is going to entail, I don't know, but... You know, new SST, all we need is some Paul E, and it will be preffy. Anywho, moving on, we have a show to review. MLW Fusion, 144 Apocalypto. Uh, the show starts off with a profanity-laced promo by Jacob Fatu, obviously studying his Shane Douglas tapes uh, as he rattles on with a lot of F-bombs and S-bombs about Bastia Sace Sace Sace, uh, who attacked Jacob Fatu a couple of weeks ago backstage at the... Uh, request of MLW matchmaker Cesar Duran. We then get our intro graphic intro promo, the theme song, Rich and Joe welcome us to the show. Uh, they don't get a chance to run down the car terribly much because Holodead with the strange sangre uh, featuring the doc. Uh, but before we get going into this match, uh, we get word that Cesar Duran is wandering around aimlessly backstage, and we see him meet a wild heiress, a uh, member of the same, uh, the strange Sangre as well. Um, they're going to work something out here in the future. I'm not entirely sure what, because, uh, well, let's face it, the audio backstage is not terribly great. Anywho, never mind that. Let's has match. We got some Bouye strikes to start off with. Uh, Chick Tormenta starts off with a Tope Suicida proper anyway to get the offensive ball rolling on Dr. Dax and Holiday outside the ring. She goes for it a second time and eats a big boot for her efforts, though. Uh, seated surfboard by Holiday uh, starts off the offensive flurry. Uh, Spinebuster after a hope spot for the two counts. Tormenta, though, comes back with a top rope Meteora for two. However, she then misses the Moonsault, which sets her up for the Darkness Falls double underhook face buster for the win by Holodead. I should have, like, thrown that around because now we're kind of yoda it up. But anyway, Holodead is your winner. Um, 
this is my first time seeing Chick Tormenta. I've heard her name tossed around in the Lucha circles, uh, especially in the Crash promotion, where I believe she is a tag team champion with Ares. Um, but I will say, like, I'm not sure what was going on in this match. Uh, I felt it was kind of clunky overall. Uh, so I don't know if it's just styles not really working out, or if uh, Tormenta had to uh, had to work slower than what she is used to. Uh, but they just didn't quite click. But otherwise, I mean, it really it, the match itself ties into the story of Holiday really trying to uh, take out the featherweight division before there's even a proper featherweight division. Uh, after the match, Rich Bocchini uh, gets a word with her. Wanting to know what's next for Holiday, and what's next is that Holiday is going to run through the competition. Dark days are ahead for the featherweights. In Hawaii, the Von Ericks are hanging out. Russell Marsh, Marshall Ross, <laughs> Marsh. We're just going to call everybody Marsh. Marshall Ross and their father Kevin. Um, Marshall has a whip for some odd reason and just whipping the air because he's got so much angry energy. Uh, Kevin tells him to calm down. Um, he needs to fo they need to focus on the win, those boys, because 5150 knows what's in their hearts. So that's what 5150 is going after in terms of uh, hurting them. Uh, so just they need to focus on the victory for the uh, big bunkhouse match next week. Speaking of the Von Eriks, we cut to present time. Your champ, uh, our champion, your boy, Alexander Hammerstone, is coming into the building. He meets up with the Von Eriks. They want him to come to Hawaii. Hammer's afraid of sharks, uh, but the tan is totally worth it, though. I mean, probably Hogan 88 levels of tan right there. Uh, but, you know, the catch is that the Von Eriks have to work out with Hammer, so I'm not sure if that's worth it, though. Our next match of the evening is for the IWA slash MLW Caribbean Championship as Octagon Jr. takes on El Dragon, takes on El Hijo del LA Park versus the champion King Muertes uh, in a Cyclone match. Evidently, what sets a Cyclone match apart from a regular Fatal 4-Way is that knockouts count too. So there we have it. Will this play into the finish? Only one way to find out, and that's to keep on watching and or listening to this here podcast or the YouTube broadcast of MLW Fusion. Anywho, the crowd is very behind Muertes, and it's on one hand is very surprising, but on the other hand, like he kind of he definitely has the most name value of the four folk into the ring. Uh, though obviously, Eho del LA Park has uh, made some waves in MLW in the past as a former MLW tag team champion and part of the stable of Los Parks. However. Nobody is as big as Mill in this match. He is the obvious threat, and he's the champion. Uh, so there's a three-on-one beatdown to start off the party, but Muertes just dumps everyone one by one uh, inside the ring. Uh, Iho and Muertes have a chop battle, uh, but that devolves quickly, uh, which uh, Muertes finishes off with an overhead belly-to-belly -belly suplex. Uh, in the corner, we have some Johnny Ace-style lariats, which are brutal-looking because anything modeled off Johnny Ace is brutal-looking. Um, we go. We got a pin, a pinfall attempt. Uh, El Dragon breaks up the pin. Uh, Octagon Jr. then comes in. He gets very jumping. He's just jumping all around, taking people out with jumping maneuvers. Uh, Ehel just 
chops the snot out of Octagon, though, and then takes advantage for a bit. Muertes comes in, gets a big power slam, 4-2. Um, Octagon breaks up the pin. Um... And then uh, with uh, by a dragon with a double stomp, uh, Octagon hits a 450 though on Eho. Uh, excuse me, it's broken up by Eho. Sorry, my notes got scribbly because things just started bang, 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 uh, happening all at once. Uh, we go to commercial break and we come back and Mortis clears house with a DDT and a spear. Uh, but the numbers game catches up with him, eats a super kick, f- uh, followed by a backstabber. Um, yeah, uh, so he doesn't take advantage for terribly long. Um, El Dragon gets folded up by a nasty-looking Doomsday crossbody. Like, I mean, when I say nasty, like, he was, like, legit, like, folded, like, up on his shoulders. And it looked kind of sick and scary. And he did not get up right away. And I don't know how much of that was just selling. Um, but it kind of was scary. Um, in the meanwhile... Eho sends Muertes out into the crowd and then hits a big plancha over the guardrail into the crowd. Uh, El Dragon comes back briefly, though. Uh, unfortunately, though, the damage has been done. Octagon Jr. hits the Moonsault Slam for the three, and we have a new champ, ladies and gentlemen. New champ, new champ. Octagon Jr. is our new MLW IWA uh, Caribbean champion, and I guess we should have seen something like this coming, just because, you know, la- last week we had ourselves a video package hyping up, like, the history of the Octagon. So, I mean, we after that, we with so much excitement, we need to take a brief break. Let's, let's take a pause for the cause, check out the energy drinks, learn how to create a podcast. I'll be back at you with one moment. Now, whether you're someone who works out or, like me, needs to maintain focus and mental clarity, we could all use a pick-me-up. That's where Ray's Energy steps in. With Refresh technology, Ray's provides a hydrating, sugar-free boost of energy without the crash some other energy drinks have. You can find out where you can get Ray's Energy near you by visiting www.repsports.com. And while you're there, check out the other products that Rep offers, such as pre- and post-workout supplements and snacks. And if you want some extra savings, order online and apply my discount code CASS, that's C-A-S-S, at checkout for 15% off your order. All right, we are back uh, with 5150, uh, letting us know that Texas smells like S-words that we can't say on television, hyping up the bunkhouse match next week with the Von Eriks. Following this, we get a behind-the-scenes look at Calvin Tankman uh, as part of the latest in the series of sit-downs with uh, various stars of MLW. Um, This time, it's Calvin Tankman. uh, Talks about uh, church and sports being his his life in Indiana. Uh, He's watched wrestling with a a much older cousin, and that kind of, like, sparked his love for the business. Um, Watched WCW, loved Scott Steiner. Um, and all the guys that were popular at that point in time, the late 1990s, um, and just really kind of, like, puts over how hard his father worked, like, that they had next to nothing, um, in life. They had what they needed, but oftentimes at the, but his father had to sacrifice to do it, and kind of going into the lesson of, like, no matter what Calvin succeeds now, the marathon goes on or excuse me the marathon ain't over because he's quoting you know nipsey russell anywho 
now from you know butchering more uh lyrical geniuses uh we should probably just go ahead and wander straight into our main event of the evening it is going to be jacob fatu versus bastia say 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 in an apocalypto match and for those of you who aren't indoctrinated to the ways of Apocalypto, uh, it is basically your standard anything-goes match, except usually featuring some variation of a luchadore in the match itself. Uh, this this time around, it is Bastia Seis who, I might add, I believe, is uh, one half of the NWA Tag Team Champions. And they don't bring that up on commentary. They bring up how dangerous he is. Um... But they don't really uh, bring up, you know, the things, uh, what he's doing outside of Major League Wrestling. Which, on one hand, that is fair, but, like, say what you want about the NWA. It's got some history, you know. So, you might as well bring it up and lend some credence. Because I really kind of feel like that would make Bastia look that much more dangerous if we're going to acknowledge that he is a champion uh in a company with a very strong lineage. Anywho, but, you know, never mind that. We have to match. And it starts off hot and heavy, going back and forth, trying to just do any sort of strike that isn't quite working. Finally, we get a top rope Hurricane Rana by Bastia. Uh, however, the sequence ends with a big tope by Jacob Fatu. Uh, we're going to brawl outside the ring for, the bit, uh, for a bit. Fatu slams Bastia's head against the ring table brawling around the ring both both wrestlers take turns chopping the ring post inside the ring we get a top rope cross body for two which is kind of surprising that's a big dude to be getting a two count off a dive in the top rope like that uh there is lots of swearing in this here match um before we hit a power slam by fatu for two uh go to commercial break and a quick plug for taya valkyrie who's returning to mlw at kings of coliseum tomorrow night come back bastia counters the shoulder maneuver with a DDT. Uh, Fatu headstands out of the cutter uh, and Bastia rolls through a Samoan drop with a crucifix driver, uh, then sends Fatu into a chair placed up in the corner. Nasty looking muscle buster by Bastia for two. A uh, couple of chair shots uh, but Fatu comes back with the big alley-oose, gets a two count out of that. Uh, Bastia comes back, finds a ring board underneath the ring. And sets up a kind of a bridge a table contraption with the ring board and two chairs. Um, but of course, rule of thumb says whoever uh, smells it, delts it. And uh, Bastia gets an alley ooze through the table. But I guess it's not really the table, the ring board. Uh, goes through the ring board. Uh, Fatu then goes up top, hits the double jump moonsault, gets the three count. Your winner in a wild and woolly match. Jacob Fatu, and I will say, compared to uh, other matches of this type, it is uh, it was a bit slower paced. But you know, when they did the big stuff, you know, the it, it was big and it was totally worth its while. Um, so you know, it was a slower, more methodical, more methodical brawl. Um, but it you know had all the markings of a good brawl. I mean, you don't have to go totally wild wild and wooly, like, full-on deathmatch if you don't have to. So, you know, just don't. Um, so, 
that's the end of the in-ring portion of the show. Uh, before we go away, though, Cesar Duran has been promising a press conference to close the show. He brings out the clout couple, Alicia Toot and Richard Holiday. Holiday will be challenging for the world title at Kings of Coliseum. And before he can really say much of anything of value or of note, ya boy, Alexander Hammerstone comes out and they has words. Trey back and forth, it gets really heated. Hammer goes to take a shot at Holiday and somehow Cesar Duran gets put in front of it and gets knocked the f out oh no i don't believe it cesar duran has has had his hands laid on him he is unconscious and that is how we're ending our show ladies and gentlemen uh what repercussions does this have for your boy or the well let's face it for the world title match tomorrow night uh we won't know we don't know um but that was uh, kind of an interesting turn of events to be had. Uh, so, but that that is our show, episode one forty four of MLW Fusion. Uh, all right, show overall is our big go home to King of Kings of Coliseum. So I'm kind of curious to see where it goes with the world title match. Um, but otherwise, you know, overall is pretty solid. I mean, different variations of a train wreck, if you will. Uh, I said like the opener was pretty clunky. Uh, match number two with our uh, was a bit uh, also uh, clunky, but in a you know train wrecky. Gotta watch this thing because it's just bodies everywhere crashing upon each other. Um, and then of course our main event was our methodical brawl featuring the Tijuana Gremlin based ASSSS and Jacob Fatu. Uh, so you know the the main event was uh, quite solid, if nothing else. And of course we're gonna end the show on good story progression. So. That is our show for the evening, for the day, whatever time of day you're listening to this podcast. So let's face it, you should be listening to this podcast all the time. I mean, we have 120-something episodes. That should be able to get you through most of your day, if nothing else. I haven't done the math, because, let's face it, this podcast varies wildly in length, anywhere from like 15 minutes to near half an hour, depending on how much happens in any given show. Um... But that being said, you know, we should bring this episode to a close. Uh, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for taking a listen. We'll see how Kings of Coliseum turns out. I'm going to be checking out the spoilers because uh, my gentleman's bet with myself uh, involving the Richard Holiday Alexander Bristone world title match, uh, declaring myself the less successful, least marketable older brother of Holiday if he wins the title. Uh, so be prepared for those spoilers uh, if that happens. So keep up on the social medias and see what I'm doing there. Um, otherwise, stay tuned for the plugs and all the best ways you could support uh, this show and help up Upgrade the equipment or give me uh, virtual pats on the back. And in the meanwhile, I will see you all next week. MLW Confusion is a weekly podcast that is written and performed by Rob Kammer and hosted at Anchor FM. The background music for this section is Ruined My Day, performed by Alan Schroeder. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support, please like, subscribe, and tell your friends, family, and enemies. Leaving a review would also be helpful. Word-of-mouth advertisement, of course, is very important for us small podcasts. For my social media links, they can be found in the description below, but the Twitter and Instagram are both at the Nova of Cass, T-H-E-N-O-V-A-O-F-C-A-S-S, and Facebook is at MLW Confusion. 
If you'd like to support monetarily and help upgrade my equipment, please check out my virtual chip jar at www.kofi.com slash Casanova. That is C-A-S-S-O-N-O-V-A. If you'd prefer more bang for your buck, go to patreon.com slash Casanova, where for as little as $1, backers get access to the podcast early and without those pesky ads, plus other exclusive content. So head up the crew and join Maverick45, Alan Schroeder, and Keith Wynn, and check it out. You can also find t-shirts at whatamaneuver.net slash collections slash the Confusion Podcast. There's hyphens in between the Confusion Podcast, of course. And for other business inquiries, such as ads and sponsorships, please email me at rzkammer, K-A-M-E-R-E-R, at comcast.net. Thank you all for listening.